0: Minus 3 is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus 3 with Dave Damaschek. Ukanakuwa! Oh, it was a wonderful weekend of pigskin. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3, presented as ever by Omaha. I was a two-sport athlete this weekend. I enjoyed the game of life with my gang on Saturday. I got to watch James Franklin doing what James Franklin does in big spots over in Columbus. So predictable in big games, is he? Like I say about the New York Jets, the Cleveland Browns, the Bears' ongoing hunt for a quarterback. The Philadelphia Flyers hunt for a goaltender. Consistency isn't always a good thing. As for consistency, Damasek, 3-0 and on the college football Saturday. I gave you those Buckeyes laying four and a half. The Air Force Falcons, minus 10 and a half B Navy. And the Sun Devils made that plus 26 and a half. A no-sweat affair, Ironic. Because the sun is hot, after all. A quick look ahead to next Saturday, the biggest game on the slate there. 8-V-13, another Pac-12 dandy, the co- the country's best con- uh, conference in 2023. Oregon laying seven. Cam rising now shut down for the season. Meantime, probably not as important, but uh, my Pit Panthers going up against Eddie Spaghetti's. Notre Dame fighting Irish in South Bend. The Irish, at last look, laying 19 and a half. I assume it only goes up. From there, uh, speaking of um, of football, uh, we appreciate, first of all, you're watching the 15 minute NFL pregame show available on YouTube and Twitter. It goes live every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. We appreciate you watching it however you choose to do it. So long as you watch it, share it with your friends, all that stuff. It's doing very well. And uh, we're pleased with that. I was also pleased to be able to take my son, John claude Van Damishek, and I. To SoFi Stadium. Shout out to a few people that were there on Sunday for the Rams and uh, Pittsburgh Steelers game. I think most of the people I saw there were colored in black and gold, not blue and gold. But nevertheless, uh, a lot of good people around there. Our pal Dolly Rama finally got to uh, meet him face to face. He's tweeted us. You've seen him spaghetti um, tweeting at us. A a, a lovely guy. And uh, he insisted on buying me a beer. And then he did the move where I was like, oh, you're not buying me a beer. I'll buy you a beer. And and then he did when I went for my card. like he, I don't know how he had it and gave it to the woman, and he bought me a beer. So I was ashamed. Otherwise, though, a pleasure to meet him before the game. Michael Moline came down from the press box to say hello. The great Maurice Jones Drew, as generous as they get, shout out to him. And how about this, uh, Eddie Spaghetti? Our old pal Ricky Hollywood up on the big screen. Doing this and that with the with the fans, so it was a great time. I'll tell you about the bad people I encountered because I must, you know, the no jive policy is in effect. I must, uh, I must tell you some some ugly stories that made it a little bit less fun, um, unfortunate. But a tip of the cap to my old man, um, who my late old man. I think I'd like to say that maybe he took his awful pox with him. Pitt lost a heart- heartbreaker against Wake on Saturday. The Penguins lost on Saturday night, and you know, or maybe you don't know, uh, my old man's rule of what happens to Pitt and the Pens on autumn Saturdays happens to the Steelers on Sundays. But Dan, Kenny did his thing. Maybe, maybe the old man, that's his last gift, is that he took that pox that he announced, I don't know how many decades ago to me, and it's proven largely true. When the fourth quarter arrives, He becomes something quite different. Does uh, does number eight. He's no longer Kenny. He's Kenneth or maybe something like Mike Tomlin said to him last year. I think we all remember that when he, uh, when he F bombed there. All right, listen, let's talk some more football. We have a lot of different storylines. Congratulations to spaghetti's giants getting off the schneid. That was a bummer for me. I had the commies, you know, I have Sam how going to the playoffs. I'm shaking on that one. I got to get right in time for the 15 minute pregame show. So to help, me do it. Help Eddie Spaghetti. Help you, the listener, do it. Let's talk some ball right now with the great Lance Line.
2: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. You know, I
0: always say, oh, here comes one of our favorites. And then people say, well, you say that about most of your guests. And, you know, the no jive policy is always in effect. He is one of my favorite guys. By the way, that's what we do here on the show. We get people who I like to kibitz with. Now, we like to introduce new people. I like to get to know new people, but I'm an old curmudgeon. So I lean on the fide fellas and uh, and women who we know are going to deliver for you. This is one of those people. You know him from NFL Network, NFL.com, getting you right for the draft. He's already deep into it, preparing all the profiles on the players you're going to get to be familiar with. Come springtime, he's also on the air in Houston, on the radio waves. Good times down there in Houston, Texas. If you're a sports fan, he also has roots to Pittsburgh, PA. We like that. It's Lane Zerline. What's happening, Pally? How you been? How we doing, Dave? You have Not as good as you, I don't
2: think. Well, you have a quarterback yet? I mean, every week it seems like Steeler fans either they do have one or they don't have one. It kind of changes from week to week. I'm anxious
0: to have that conversation, but listen, okay. I like to go global. I'm not just not just you know, here. I know you're to, not just to, a
2: regional guy. I know.
0: Not just my not. Well, it's a, you know, I could service my needs and my needs alone, <laughs> but that's not my way. And right. there are people out there who will tell you as much. But that's a conversation for another time. By the way, with uh, with where Lance is concerned, he is um, he's not just a sports guy, not just a football guy. If you're headed to Houston, make sure you hit him up on social media for the best food tips when you're down there. It's one of the great food cities in America, nay, the world, and uh, and he's plugged in there. I have a good uh, question for you, as a matter of fact, yeah. on food at the end here. Uh, and but By the way, James Harden, you're banned from hitting up Lance Sterling. You've had more than enough food and stay out of Houston, right? We don't want him uh, down there playing for the Rockets. We're done, we're done with James Harden. Okay, I figured. No, we're done with James okay. Harden. Okay, next question with Houston is, are the Texans going to the playoffs? It feels to me like D'Amico, well, it does feel, it plainly is. D'Amico has them ahead of schedule, and or that's, I feel like, the national perception. But I imagine if you're in Houston and have been for the last decade, 15 years, that you kind of feel like George Clooney when he broke big on ER and most of the nation was kind of like, Boy, overnight success! Who's this guy? And George Clooney was like, "I've been here for a long time, grinding away, I saw going on Facts through life." Yeah, I right. Saw yeah, you know, Facts see, Alive. look who knows his stuff. Yeah, yeah okay. Right. We had exactly right. George, just as George Clooney <laughs> had got a little bit of shine on Facts of Life and all that. With uh, he dated Tootie, is that right? I don't.
2: Uh, no, I think he was with Joe. Oh, he was with Joe, really? Wasn't he? Oh, okay, I, I, he was it Tootie? I don't know, but either way. Either It'd way, so okay, he, had, a, he yeah. had
0: his moments, much like he the Houston disrupted Texans. The, uh,
2: he disrupted the dorm, so to speak.
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's a yeah. He's a ne'er do well um, tomcat around the uh, the the, fan- <laughs> the fancy school uh, dorms. Now, yeah. listen. So yeah, so so Clooney. Has, so he had that, just like the Houston Texans, couple couple su- a couple uh, playoff appearances. No big noise though. And now it feels like, ooh, look who's arrived. It's the Houston Texans uh, slash George Clooney. No overnight success. Let's remember the whole Deshaun Watson debacle, how that all went down, the changing head coaches. It's a recurring point, though, in the age of re-agency. And, you know, obviously you focus in on the draft. But does this prove, once again, my ongoing point that. A bad draft pick, even high in the first round, or a bad personnel move, or even a, a bad move in terms of head coaching, doesn't have to spoil the next decade of an NFL franchise.
2: No, you can you overcome can. these things pretty pretty easily, right? Not you very can. easily, but you can. But you gotta you gotta cut that cancer out quick. You know you can't right you can't chase you can't chase bad money with good, as the saying goes. And uh, I think one of the problems is the Texans let the bill. The, the Bill O'Brien thing go too long. They gave him too much power as a hmm. general manager. You know, they got rid of the other general manager, uh, kind of made a power play, Bill O'Brien and, and, and Jack Easterby. And I think it, it really set the Texans back quite a bit. And they gutted the roster. They gutted their draft picks. They didn't know what they were doing. And so it really did set the Texans back several years. And even now, when you say they're the George Clooney, you know, just coming on the scene, I think they're more like, Ralph Macchio when he came to town uh, in Karate Kid, and you know Elizabeth Shue was intrigued, but she wasn't all the way in. And he still had to get past Cobra Kai. I'm not sure there's a Cobra Kai in the AFC South necessarily. Uh, maybe Jacksonville, but they don't feel like it. Houston beat up Jacksonville in Jacksonville this year. The Colts aren't ready, and I asked the Titans are the Titans. No one respects them. No one wants to watch them play. Seemingly, they they feel like the boring team, but I think because of, the, because of the division they're in, yes, they could be a wild-card team. However, even with that said, even when you throw those caveats in there, it's a much more competitive team than what we've seen in the past, and it's because it looks like they got the quarterback right. Uh, they hired the right play caller in Bobby Slowick. But most importantly, this is a team without direction uh, at the top from ownership standpoint, and that's probably still the case. But they hired D'Amico Ryans, and he has been – well, he's been everything. I've never seen a coach in all my years of following sports. My dad was a coach for years and years. I don't think in following basketball, baseball, football, day, that I can come up with one coach that I've seen this even – keel, maybe Tony Dungy. This even keel, this consistent, this uplifting when players are around them, they want to play for them. And just watching how hard they play defensively on every snap just goes to show you that – They really want to play uh, for D'Amico, but I think they maybe are starting to feel like there's a brotherhood around them. Now, they're still, you know, they, they have to have more pieces. They're not ready yet. But getting the right head coach matters a lot. I mean, it matters a lot. If you miss on your head coach, it can set you back a few years. But if you miss on your head coach and your general manager, you know, and your draft picks, That's one of those things that can leave you twisting like the Cleveland Browns for years and years and years. So you can it can turn into a a, a death spiral for some organizations. We have seen that happen before.
0: Oh, man. So many different directions. I'd like to take the various uh, remarks you made within that uh, within that speech. First of all, Um, it's funny because you would think old school football guy, like certainly, okay, if the head coach is even keeled, then your QB has got to be a fiery sort. It feels like there's a double down on real placid, kind of icy cool with C.J. Stroud. Zero emotion. He does not cut the figure of, you know, the, the, Fiery, you know, Marino, I guess, is uh, is the template in my brain for, for what I'm talking about with that kind of a guy or Aaron Rodgers or anybody else, you know, guy, mm-hmm. demanding of his players, you know, uh, empirically to us uh, watching on TV, even like, whoa, man, that guy's getting into the wide receiver. It seems seems like C.J. Stroud is a cool breeze through and through. Um, I do think Johnny, I, I do think uh, Trevor Lawrence maybe not in comportment, but in look and hair and all of that could be Johnny from Cobra Kai. So maybe will Anderson. I'm not encouraging any dirty play, but maybe sweep the leg and you do have a chance. I really think there's a chance that the Texans can, can get in here. And there is an opportunity, even as a wild card, it does matter when you have a head to head wins already in your resume against a team like Pittsburgh, who you're presumably going to be trying to fight it out with when it uh, comes down to it. Um, so, I mean, it's way too early to do this. I, I think people did this in, in, in 2020 and 2016 with the first round QBs and like, oh, we we got the right one. And then it turned out like, yeah, maybe it didn't let them. Let's see a little bit more from both these guys. But I can't imagine there's anyone in Houston, Texas right now who says, like, we. I still would rather have Bryce Young. Is there? No, no. No, not right now. It's
2: too hard to say that. I mean, and I don't think, you know. Well, obviously- where
0: are you as a scout, though? But, I mean, as somebody using your objective eyes, not rooting yeah. for the local team, but, you know, do you think that right. that the Texans, because remember, much was made of them scoring that touchdown at the end of oh, the yeah. regular season that that gave away, essentially, Bryce Young. Was that the greatest gift that the Houston, Texas organization ever got.
2: Yeah. And, and a lot of people were really upset about it. Then it caused them to make uh, trades, you know, it caused them to make trades uh, on draft day that ended up costing more draft picks. And there was a lot of pressure. There still is a lot of pressure on Will Anderson, but more importantly, the quarterback uh, CJ Stroud. But no, I think right now, you know, I have a higher grade on Bryce Young, but situations matter. And, Mm -hmm the offense matters. I think most quarterbacks would be able to play some of their best football, r- relatively speaking, in this style of offense. We've seen it play out with, you know, Shanahan. Uh, first it was Mike Shanahan, but then it's a more, I think it's a more, uh, it's a more developed scheme under Kyle Shanahan, uh, the son, that, than it was the father. And I think, you know, it's it's really something that really benefits quarterbacks with that said C.J. Stroud has been better in certain elements than I anticipated, Dave. He's learning the offense more quickly. He is making very smart plays out there. He's not doing some of the things I saw in college, which is staring down wide receivers. He's gotten better at that. And then um, I've been really impressed with his maturity as a leader. Now, the thing they say about NFL is, is, in really professional sports, you have to always ask yourself what a player will do with more money on it in his pocket, more time on his hands and more access. And so, you know, keeping maintaining the the making the thing, the main thing, the main thing, keeping his focus on being a great quarterback. I think he kind of got away from Deshaun Watson while he was here in Houston. Uh, I think I that- heard about that. Yeah. And, and, you know, David Mulgett is the same agent for Deshaun that and he's the same one for C.J. Stroud. There's a chance C.J. Stroud saw all that stuff with Deshaun. And maybe that's had a positive impact on him recognizing what not to do. But right now, Stroud is playing better football than I expected on the field from an X's and O standpoint. I always knew he was wildly accurate. Uh, well, wildly accurate. That's kind of a it's uh, kind of an oxymoron. A, right. right? He was, you know, he was extraordinarily accurate. But uh, I didn't know if he would be ready from a maturity standpoint and leadership standpoint at this stage. But right now, I've been really impressed. Uh, Bryce Young doesn't have much of a chance right now with with Carolina. It's going to take a while, but he's starting to come along a little bit. Certainly has found uh, 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 he's clicking with Adam Thielen. But I think, you know, I'm a big believer in waiting about three years on a quarterback. You don't go three years. Yeah. If you were all in on, you know, if you're all in on Mac Jones, it looked good two years ago, but right now it's like, I don't know. Um, Quarterbacks take time to develop. And sometimes even if you get off to a good start, sometimes defenses figure out what your strengths and weaknesses are and they start to really play you differently. So I like to wait about three years and start to make decisions on players. I think some of the best quarterbacks step into bad situations. And so uh, they're not an ideal They don't have an ideal opportunity to to succeed. So give them three years because it gives, you know, the 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 team builders around them a chance to to put pieces in place that will help. So nobody in Houston's pining for Bryce Young right now. I can promise you that.
0: Well, I'll I'll tell you. I've had great conversations with you and Daniel Jeremiah about exactly how you're trying to evaluate the quarterback in year one, the year three and situation and quality of the, the fellows around them and the coaching they're getting and all that. But one that, you know, I kind of knew this, but you know, the, the old, the, the old cliche about the backup Q, QB is the most popular guy in any town. And, you know, the idea of NFL defenses will figure out what you want to do is the ebb and flow of how it goes with these guys. Right. And so I get I saw so three years. I never know what the where it's like, okay, it's settled hash. He's good. Or like settled hash, like, meh, he's limited. Um, I don't know what that yardstick is. 10 games, 15 games, three seasons. It, it's
2: different with different players. But they sometimes.
0: will like what yeah. what like don't my my point is, I this is I, I'm gonna be a big uh this is uh, is Dave being a jerk to everybody who loves to cheer for Gardner Minshew, and he's delightful. But he's a backup QB because NFL teams can see what he's trying to do. Eventually, with enough evidence, give you know one game, three games, whatever. It's like, oh, that's what he's trying to do in this system. We take that away, and he is not capable
2: of answering that. Right. Right. Well, and, and there's there is something that is to be said for taking care of the football. I mean, if you can't take care of the football and, and you don't play consistently from game to game, then you're you're a backup. You have a chance to win games. You know, can he? How would we do with on a three game stretch? He's a good three game st- stretch quarterback. You mm-hmm. give your team a chance to win maybe two out of three with a guy like Gardner Minshew. He's a good backup quarterback. But like you said, Dave, it's it's a, it's a it's an evolving game of chess. Where if you do not, well, it's almost really more like boxing, where a lot of times boxers, you know, will adjust you going with a plan. And if somebody scouted you and really on tape know what you want to do and they want to attack you a certain way, you're going to get beat over 12 rounds unless you find ways to on the fly, make adjustments to what they're doing, Mm -hmm. and put them on their heels. And so it's constantly – uh, a, a counter punch you know it's it's a defensive you have to be on the defensive and then you got to be able to counter punch from a schematic standpoint and that goes for the quarterback too not only are they going to take away what you like to do once they scout you but then you have to be able to recognize what they're doing and then get to something else and i think that mm. that's what makes starting quarterbacks, uh, that's the difference between a starting quarterback and a backup. But you look at Tyson Badgett uh, yesterday for the Chicago Bears. I mean, he was terrible the game before. I thought he was really deer in the headlights. Yesterday, he got ex- exited the pocket when there was trouble. He wasn't just standing there. He did a really good job of sticking with the game plan, which is quick completions. He got rid of it. The internal clock was good. And, you know, there's such a difference between being ready – with practice the whole week as a starter and being thrown into a game, he looked night and day. With that said, every game he plays, teams are going to say, okay, they're doing this, they're Mm -hmm. doing this, they're doing this. The analytics and the study are just, it's too strong now where they get tendencies very, very quickly and that are provided to them through data. And they are going to start attacking the tendencies very quickly. So at some point they're going to have to start going over the top because everyone's going to start crowding the short stuff with Chicago. So how does Badgett respond? Well, if he responds well, they may win some more games. If he doesn't, that's just part of being a young quarterback. Like, you can't judge him mm-hmm. based on anything. But I guarantee you, he wins another one. Bears fans are going to say, why are we wasting our time with Justin Fields? And I don't know that the Justin Fields story is completely written. I Chicago is uh, – I'm not sure. You know, I, I, I fall on the – I'm a little more pessimistic about being able to win at a high level with Justin Fields, quite frankly, watching mm-hmm. him. But I also think he is more talented than Badgett. Now, it doesn't mean you're a better quarterback in the NFL, but uh, I do think that, to your point, the backup quarterback, man, you come in there and win some games. I mean, fans are ready to get rid of the other guy quickly. Well, to- sure.
0: I think the thing, the the specimen nature of, of Justin Fields makes it, and he did it in 2022, causing outsized optimism going into this season, but it's just not something that carries over that you can rely upon. It is those splash plays. It's like, I can cover up a lot of flaws on this bum roster right. by just making a 68-yard, a you know, superhero run here. And that, but that doesn't, Lead to week to week, season to season success for a pro football. Team. No, it's it's fool's
2: gold, really. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's but it's
0: it's fun to watch, and you can see why people get really excited. Fun to watch. And then you then you start to inject some fantasy kind of angle to it, and then people really get over their skis about it. Okay, quick question, because I have I have fun stuff I want to talk to you about, but for real, since you were so close to the the er, the the Texans, Deshaun Watson, and now he's up there in Cleveland, as you may have heard. I mean, first of all, it goes without saying, Andrew Barry and Jimmy Haslam and Kevin Stefanski and everyone else, if they had a wish to go back in time to that moment, they would just undo signing Deshaun Watson, right? right? That goes without saying,
2: right? And they came in, I mean, Deshaun was going to be an Atlanta Falcon. And uh, right. I heard that from someone close to Deshaun, and they had champagne out and we're getting ready to celebrate. And Cleveland came in at the last second, really bit against themselves. Just a complete panic move. And and it was a complete panic move. And they bid against themselves and they gave Watson a a, a deal that no one thought they would give. And now, you know, Texans fans are watching. Interestingly, I don't think they're real happy with, you know, you don't want the Colts to win because they're in your division, but you'd rather the Browns lose because you get a better draft pick. This year, you get the Browns draft pick as part of that Deshaun Watson trade. So uh, <laughs> you already traded your pick to Arizona in that trade for Willing. So win-win. That, that, so, that was the beauty of the yeah, Texans That on was the that week. Week. You, you either had a division team lose right. or you had Deshaun Watson pick get a little bit better. So uh, P.J. Walker, <laughs> you know, P.J. Walker, Tyrod Taylor, two guys who get wins as backups. I'm waiting for fans. And they're disgruntled with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. They're disgruntled with – Daniel Jones in New York. I'm waiting for fans to really start making the case that these two guys are better or they're better off. You know, they're clearly not.
0: It's weird, The but, but the mirage, you can understand it because yeah. in a short sample size, like, look, our team's doing better with the, with the lesser talent. It's, it, it is weird math. I just, you know, I guess if the Browns won a Super Bowl and Deshaun Watson were under center, you would say, well, there's no way you would define this as a bust. But I I just feel like from just, you know, the, the human reaction to it obviously wasn't good and the team is good. And then it makes you think, you know, I love the what if it, uh, Lance, and I can't help but do the what if. Like what if they would have just stuck with the with bake? They would have been fine. They would not be. Yeah. worse. I just don't think they'd be worse off. Think of think of how deep the rest, how much deeper that already deep roster would have I been. Have, okay. I think
2: they, they should have gotten into the quarterback. Uh, they should have gotten into the quarterback business. Instead of chasing Deshaun Watson, if you want to go in a different direction, everyone's really afraid to, unless they've got a top two or three pick, they're afraid to go after quarterbacks. But, you know, we saw Jalen Hurts. You can you can find some quarterbacks who can perform at a higher level without being the first pick. Uh, it's not easy, but it's worse you know, you, you'd, you'd be better off trying to go find a first-round pick to give somebody $238 million guaranteed and, you know, harsh your own salary cap to where you can't even make positive. Like, it's a boat anchor in more ways than one. Not only the contract, but what you can do to build your team. It's, it's really, really harsh. And you didn't exactly – you know, it wasn't exactly a – for part of your fan base, they were pretty offended that you made that that pickup too. So yeah, I think the Browns would 100% across the board be rid of that contract. If they could, I'm sure it wouldn't shock me if they tried to ship, if they tried to shop Deshaun Watson in the offseason, but I don't think you'll find any.
1: Yeah. I just, I, yeah.
0: Look at, look at the hit that is waiting for 2024. Yeah. This this is as good as it's getting Cleveland Browns fans. It's getting worse next year. Okay, draft expert, I'm sorry I didn't mean to ask you this, but everybody loves to do the Miles Garrett or TJ Watt or question and the answer is it's the golden age of edge rushers. We I, there's never been such a preponderance of dominators uh on the edge to torment QBs. If you had the first ra- if you had the first overall pick and the only position you could draft was edge rusher. Who would you take out of the out of this golden era of edge rushers? Nick Bosa counts in that too. That's not a crazy answer, obviously. Yeah, I, I think
2: I, I think I might take Nick Bosa. Uh, no, you wouldn't, and you know why? You why? know why you stink? Because Nick. Going to say TJ?
0: Are you going to say TJ Watt? Let me tell you why. Because well, TJ Watt did something on Sunday that Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa could only dream of: dropping in coverage, reading the uh-huh. route. Baiting, good. Baiting a Hall of Fame QB into throwing that ball good. and sliding in and picking it off? Good luck doing that, Miles
2: Garrett. <laughs> right? He looked, listen, he looked really, really good. I'll, I'll give it to him. He looked really, really good. You know, and this is how you know that I am very objective, Dave. I'm a very objective, fair person, is because I am blocked by Nick Bosa on Twitter. I, I don't know why. He must not like my scouting report or something. I don't know
0: <laughs> I don't know Antonio Brian and Josina Anderson. I don't know Antonio uh, Brown, I should say, and Josine Anderson. Those are the biggest people I'm aware of that have uh, blocked me. I don't know why Josina Anderson did. I was
2: blocked me. by uh, Ben Roethlisberger's account, yeah. but I, apparently everybody was at one point. Uh, Nick Bosa, I, I guess, like I said, I don't even follow athletes really. So I guess he was mad at something I wrote in a scouting report, I guess where I said he was going to be a pro bowler uh made him upset I don't know I don't know what it is I don't really care but uh is a great list Eddie Spaghetti
0: make a make a footnote we have to ask everybody who's the biggest person that they're blocked by I like this
2: yeah I I don't get blocked by a lot of people but that one was pretty interesting I mean I've had players come after me for my scouting reports because you know they don't think they have any weaknesses I I shouldn't even have a weakness section of my scouting reports it it irritates them so bad I I was higher on than anybody on the planet. On DK Metcalf, had him as the seventh best player in the draft. He was drafted last pick of the of the second round, and he keeps my weaknesses section in his his bulletin board material and his you know in his cubby. He doesn't show where I said he was an elite prospect, and you know throw away your your considerations of whether or not he can run all the routes. This is a guy with rare tools and traits, so. You know, whatever it takes to get bulletin board material, that's... Sure, get your bulletin
0: board material, but I do have to say, Micah Parsons, you know, bigger problems in the world, but on the other hand, the newfangled thing of athletes taking it to the next level with, like, you're not allowed to criticize me. What do you think you're doing? You can't criticize.
2: Yeah, it's, it's out of control. Hey, it's Daniel Day Lewis, now.
0: you decided to be an A-list actor. This is part of it—is getting some reviews of your work. This is this I, is how it goes. Everything you make is not. Is Daniel Day
2: Lewis? Was he not happy when people would review him? He doesn't like. Well, no, he doesn't like.
0: Like you know, he's he's above. He doesn't like doing yeah. the press tour to promote his movies like, well, then don't make big movies. Then don't, right. then, then don't get paid uh, $10 million a picture, man. Go make some little art house movies. Don't learn. And to and you don't have the to go paint. out and promote. That's it. Yeah. If you're yeah. more, if you're about the craft, same goes for I mean, you, Micah Parsons. There's some flag football games. I'm sure in the neighborhood, if you don't want anybody watching or reacting. No, to
2: nobody, nobody, look, nobody likes to be criticized, but I think some of these guys are really taking it too far where they, you know, what they consider criticism is, Pretty minor, minor stuff. Uh, but uh I don't know where they got the sense that, th- that that is the standard.
0: Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You said that wasn't a good play by me? How dare you? That's out of bounds. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. LZ, QB wizard, a real QB guru, to a whisperer too. I you know what? It's it's one of my yeah. best pigskin based co- uh, compliments I can give because Yeah, it is. You may, you're gonna laugh. Some of you people laugh at me. Much as I say I could lead, football players scoff at the notion that KG Damashek, with sneaky athleticism, not much foot speed to speak of, but I make up for it with the cunning of a mongoose. I, If you gave me the league's best offensive line, the league's best running back, and the league's best pass catcher, I could lead from my own 25 a point scoring drive. That's what I say. And uh, because I do a lot of uh, hand it off until it was time not to hand off. And then a little play action damage to that aforementioned receiver. I got you up (laughs) the sideline. Field goal at least. Now, people like you scoff when I decree myself AQB whisper. Near the top of the rankings, in fact. Oh, what do you know? I know enough. You know what I know? I know what these two eyes tell me. And I hit on quarterbacks in college that are going to be good pros and ones that aren't going to be good pros at a pretty high rate. Spaghetti would verify that, but I have this question for you.
2: What'd you think about Haskins when he came out?
0: Boy, that's a, that's a great question. You know, it's funny. It's not because of the Ohio state thing, but I, I did think some of the same things that plagued Haskins early would right. be an issue for Stroud. I think people thought like, I just thought like he was stiff in the pocket and that's not going to translate. You have to be nimble. You don't have to be a runner. You don't have to bail the pocket with speed, but you do have to at least be able to slide in the pocket pocket and manipulate the angles that the defenders are trying to get at you on. And I just right. didn't see that from, I, I, I was at least a concern with Stroud. If he's just going to stand there and lock in on a receiver and he's going to be a a sitting target, he's going to get got a lot more in the NFL. So, so that's kind of my back. As I recall, when I'm thinking with Haskins, I, you know, I was surprised when they went dimes, did the giants, but that I think ended up being the, the wiser, of the two moves, but okay. Yeah. We're talking about drafting QBs first round and everything else. It's kind of like the 85 bears reference that people keep making. Even, I don't know if that is the single best defense of all time. I don't think it probably is, or at least there have been, uh, more recent examples that we should pivot to. Still, people say the 83 draft class is the greatest QB class of all time. Just as I said about the 85 Bears. Do we need to modify that? Should it be the ought 4 QB class? Or how about this one? The 2020 QB class. What do we think about this? Of course, for, for newbies, if you don't pay attention, if you don't know your history enough to know that the 83 draft class included John Elway and Dan Marino and Jim Kelly... And you know what? Who deserves a shout out to? Ken O'Brien. Um, those are <laughs> those are four good. That's right. That's four, it four is good, good, good two quarterback, two. quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he was a good had Marino. They would have been better with Marino, but Ken O'Brien wasn't a bum. Um, then, of course, goes out saying Roethlisberger, Eli Rivers in odd four, and was really eighteen was supposed to be it. And you know, Lamar and Josh Allen might add up to something, but that's only two. Twenty twenty though, Burrow, Tua, Herbert. And Jalen Hurts early in the second round. How say you? Rank those for me. Win, play, show the greatest QB classes of all time. And you're well, gonna I, have to you're gonna have to do some forward thinking here and assume where Tua, Herbert, Jalen, and Burrow are gonna land collectively in terms of Lombardi's and otherwise. But go ahead. Sure,
2: I, I'm looking at and listen. You had yeah Matt Schaub, who was a decent quarterback in right. 2004. He started for a little while, but you know, really, that that headliner is going to be you got Manning, Rivers and Roethlisberger, as you as you mentioned. Those those are the big three. Those are three. Those are three really, really good ones. And oh, five yet. Aaron Rodgers, of course, Hall of Famer. uh But other than that, you had Alex Smith, who, you know, had his around. There's nothing else that really stands out in in that one. Um uh, Boy, then it was a little bit of a struggle, you know. Flacco and Matt Ryan were okay at times, but it never, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that one. Uh, Two thousand. They're not
0: making, but they're not uh, making the no, the winner no. stand. That's all. They they're not getting in the top three. No, 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 no no,
2: no, no, no. I'm going through these as we. It's like seventy one. I mean, if you get getting
0: a... the way back machine. You can you can. Well, no, now somebody. let me
2: ask you about this one. Andrew Luck, of course, career was cut short. Uh, Robert Griffin career was, right. was cut short. Tannehill's still around. You have Russell Wilson. And you have around. Russ is well, very, right? Russell Wilson, for the better part of his, you know, people are changing the narrative of Russell Wilson. The fact is Russell Wilson was an elite quarterback at one point. He was deserved to be in the conversation with the best quarterbacks in the league. He made explosive plays with his arm, with his feet. He wanted a high level. Russell Wilson never got as much Attention, as I think he deserved for being one of the very best. Now he's not there now, but he was. You got okay. Kirk let Cousins. me ask you this: What happened? Kirk in that draft too.
0: Oh, that yeah, right. He's that right fan or the afterthought an interesting draft ploy, the team that goes second overall with RG three or third overall, whatever they were, wherever he went there out of Baylor, but then they double down on the Michigan state kid with Kirk cousins is super fascinating that that that's your draft strategy is to get two, and it ends up being the savvy move because cousins takes them to the playoffs in what year three after RG three is all messed up with the knee yeah. and, and all of that. So a savvy play there. Um, okay. Okay. Win play show it for me now. That's a good one. That's a that's a good one. I don't think I will we well, you know, because if others,
2: you so. it depends on what you say with Andrew Luck, because if you if you give Andrew Luck all the credit that he could get for being who he was while he was that player, you could sit there and make an argument that from, from a bronze standpoint, maybe we give it to the Luck, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins draft. Right. Of 2012. No,
0: no, no, we don't give
2: it that. No, no, that's, no, no, no. You're bronze, trying to be. Bronze. You're trying a to bronze. be a hipster.
0: A, a bronze, God, a third place finish. I had a whom. OK, take the class out that it's
2: replacing. Are we are we going to leave 13 and we're leaving 13 in, right? OK, name them for me. Give them to me. Well, so the one that you just mentioned was the 2020 class with Burrow to right. Justin Herbert. I mean, and Jalen Hurts. I know it's recency bias, but those are high level. Jalen Hurts Super Bowl appearance. Justin Herbert. We'll see what happens. Tua looks like he's a good player. Just Joe Burrow Super Bowl appearance. Those are, you know, those are really good players on that one. Twenty one, as you mentioned, is kind of a bust. Nothing's going to happen from twenty two. Twenty three will be interesting. So I whoa, would whoa, say,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. not like whoa, what whoa. you said about twenty twenty two there—that was a little cavalier, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I, mean, I mean somebody who beat the Cavaliers on Pickett, more than one occasion, Kenny so Pickett, Pickett and Ritter.
2: Or is this who you're? or ha- ha- you or do you really like? I'm, not, I'm not concerning
0: is my. I'm not concerning my. Tyler Thompson that you
2: like, or
0: just one, just the one okay. in the number eight, the black and gold eight, is the only one I'm concerned with. Right Kenneth now. Pickett, Kenneth yeah. Pickett, or as he turns into magically every fourth quarter, he turns into Kenny f- Pickett, and yeah, I don't know what goes what on here. He is, it's his superhero thing. You know, like I'm not Lawrence Taylor. I'm LT in game time. Only in the fourth quarter. He is the opposite of Clayton Kershaw, who, by the way, I don't know if you know, he went to high school with Matthew Stafford. And I have a thought on Matthew Stafford in a second here, but from that that? game in Los Angeles. I mean, it's remarkable because as I always say, we perceive Clutch to be a guy who Takes care of business in the big spot, which isn't to say that he's doing outsized things. He's performing at his consistent level, coming yeah. through when it's hot. That's hard to do. Kenny Pickett is doing something much rarer. Clayton Kershaw, his performance, as it does for a lot of guys in the big spot against bet- better competition, drops off. Kenny Pickett, when it gets hottest, what games? What 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 flip is switched here and how do you turn that into from one quarter into four quarters?
2: Well, that's just gonna have to be Kenny learning to to manage games. I mean, you know, I think I think it's interesting. I think learning to do what CJ Stroud has already done, which is figure out, hey, I'm just gonna, you know, I I wanna take care of the football, I wanna make smart moves, smart plays. And I want to put us in position to get down the field. I think Kenny still has, I don't want to call it hero ball, but I think he still has that feeling where he's got some of that gunslinger that you can see in him. I think sometimes he gets a little nervous inside the pocket. There's no doubt that definitely seems to focus. he seems to focus his, his play in the fourth quarter. Like he has the ability to start to hyper-focus a little bit. Now, look, that run, that catch and run, it was a bad play by – by the Rams. Bad play by the cornerback when Deontay Johnson took off. You know, he tried to undercut it. Deontay caught it, made a nice run, had the big play. I felt like the game completely changed on that play. It felt like all the momentum. And it was crazy how loud that stadium was for the Steelers. The Steelers travel as good as anybody. I mean, it it goes Steelers, uh, Patriots, uh cowboys and that's probably the big three when it comes I, I go i go Backers the
0: ones i've good. experienced the ones i've experienced and i feel like i've experienced pretty much all of them in most regions of football america i think it goes pittsburgh and cowboys yeah um but the steelers are visually compelling they're striking because you see the gold towels everywhere and so those right. really stand out it's uh you know cheese ball or not we latch on to things in our lives. We like to be a part of something. It's special to be, you know, the 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 mix of walking by tens of thousands of people wearing the uniform, you know, all some some variation yeah. of black and gold and whatever team you root for. But walking around a place three thousand miles away from uh, the center of where that team plays, and just strangers connecting with you. Okay. It's a thin connection, but nevertheless, it's nice in this world. People walking by like, yo, here we go. And, and then they're, I don't want to call out frauds because it's nice. They like a nice team. It's good. But the, when, when, when they tell on themselves, like, I don't actually know when they're doing the, the let's go Steelers, let's go. It's like, no, no, no. It's here we go. Steelers. Here we go, <laughs> I, I want to pull people aside and counsel them. It's like, <laughs> You know, it's, it's not Tomlin. It's Tomlin. Um, But anyhow,
2: yeah. It, here's it, your quarterbacks. I've looked but, then it's,
0: but then it's, I, oh, but, but it's so, it's so, it, it you know, it's it, it's so nice to bring my boy there with me when my old man took me to see the Steelers. So it says, oh, you know, yeah. football's green. Call me a, a cheese ball. I it was care, a great right.
2: place when my dad coached there, it was unbelievable going to Heinz field for the first time and experiences steeler fans it was really cool you know, oh it man really, it's
0: so neat! Nice. yeah it's so nice okay give, really give me your rankings here win right, play so, show best qb classes of all time and there is put this we're going to put it into the time capsule and dig it up in 20 yeah, years these are the fine. final answers even though we're treating Tua and burrow and company a little unfairly but go ahead
2: so i'm going to 83 class number two as you mentioned l ellie LA, uh, LA kelly and danny Marino. those are three hall of famers Ken O'Brien was, you know, Tony Easton went to a, he went to a Super Bowl at least. Yeah. Ken O'Brien was a solid quarterback. The rest of them were just okay. Gary Kubiak was a better coach than the backup quarterback, but not much else going on in that class. I am going to say third place is what I mentioned. I, I'm going to go with 2011 with Andrew Luck. I mean, I'm sorry, 2012, Andrew Luck, Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, I think Russell Wilson will be a Hall of Famer. I don't know what's going to happen with Andrew Luck. I personally don't think he should be. You know, I think – I'm sorry you got hurt, but, I, I you know, I don't – I I don't know. I think he might be. People will will project him, but I don't think he should be. It's just – I, I mean, the idea – it's so weird. This is a, a,
0: a recurring talking point since his retirement. Some guys get a pass on things that other guys would yeah. be destroyed for. Imagine – any number of QBs I could cite for you, quitting two weeks before the season. Like, yeah, sorry, I, just, I, I can't go. I can't go. Yeah. Like, what? What? No. And he's like, hey, don't you badmouth him. Look at what he gave to football. Like, a lot of guys gave
2: a lot to football. Like, it would not excuse him and walking put away. A, put your team in a huge <laughs> pinch. I mean, a Crazy. huge pinch. Uh, you know, it's interesting. 16 had Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Uh, uh, Dak Prescott. At one point, you would have said, "Whoa!" This I'm not going to say that out. at this point, though, Zerline. No, not at point. this point. Not at this point. So I'll leave them out of that. Uh, you do have Deshaun Watson, and and you do have Deshaun Watson, and uh, and Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes in 2017, right. but it's not deep after that. So I'll go ahead. And I'm with you. I think 2020, and I think this is what you might be saying. I think 2020 is going to be known. And I went way back into the 80s while you were talking like, wow, what bad draft classes left and right? <laughs>
0: oh, there are. Yeah. I mean, the idea that is a 21st century thing. And I think so much of the conversation about the perennial obsession about like, who's in the draft this year? Who's who can we get? Who can we look to in the future um, to write to our wrong? Is based around 21st century football and yeah. how many QBs are in the pipeline from high school on, Manning Camp, you know, pro style offenses in high school or at least college and all that. Go back and look through the Kelly Stoffers and um uh Gail Gilberts, who were drafted
2: in the first round to try and be saviors. They were what happens close quick to too, right? It happens quick. I mean, you went to 18, you said, okay, Baker, Darnold, Josh Allen, and Allen was considered drafted early by a lot of people. Yeah, right. Josh Rosen, then you had Lamar Jackson. There's some people who really like uh, uh Mason Rudolph. Kyle Laletta was, I want to say, I think the he was drafted by the Giants, but I think the uh, Patriots traded for him. Yeah, there was Martin. some buzz and, there. Remember that? Yeah, there was there was buzz there. Uh I thought it was unwarranted, but Mason Rudolph has just turned into a pure backup. Rosen was a. Huge... I think he's a guy who could come in and win you two or four games. You like, if you so? put
0: him in for a month, I think he would be Maybe. all right. I think he's one of those Maybe. guys.
2: But in general, what a disappointing draft that has been. 19 with Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, and Kyler Murray. That, you know, that simply hasn't panned out. But in 2020, the only thing you can really complain about is Jordan Love, who was a late first-rounder, who hasn't really come through. But – the four of the first five picks are you're talking about pro bowl caliber quarterbacks. It's very hard to find out in any draft class over the last 40 years. It's it really, how about three of the four with
0: Richardson? And then uh, like we talked about Stroud and and, and Bryce young, That's got a chance.
2: you know, I'm not, I'm not real hopeful for Will Levis, I, I And I kind of doubted on Hendon hooker and I don't really see anyone else in that class, but young Stroud and Richardson, they do have a lot of talent. If, if rich, if young can, stay healthy and if Richardson can get healthy and stay healthy that's an interesting one this one's deep you know we'll probably get to this draft class I know you're gonna you're gonna send me in that direction anyway I'll take you there right now
0: oh but no no let's get final answers though so you went oh, okay. 83
2: you went 83-2 and you is went 2021 one and then I'm gonna take the 2012 and and I'm going to put them in there because I'm going to give Andrew Luck the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to show some respect to Kirk Cousins, and I think Russell Wilson was an, uh, is a future Hall of Famer. So I'll do that.
0: You still are stand by Russ. I listen. I went down that road too. And the guy now who is having the Hall of Fame career, who is the same age, weirdly, who feels like he should be forty something, is Matthew Stafford. Although the Matthew Stafford experience includes that uh, that pick. Ultimately, Kenny Pickett outplayed Matthew Stafford on some level because you know he threw the game swinging pick. Did Matthew Stafford to start the yeah. second half as dynamite as he was, but man, Puka Nakua, where that cat came from, Woo! I don't know. But he wow, started. I
2: missed on him, man. He is really looking.
0: Okay, two more questions, and then you're free to to do w- with uh, the rest of your life what you will, and I'll stop bugging you. Sure. Two questions. One, as you're going through these profiles, I always say. I get it. You have to assess if he's a bad guy deep down or a great guy deep down and all that kind of stuff in the process of interviewing him and meeting him and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, watch him play in college. He's playing against uh, his peer group. How's he look compared to everybody else? Um, Caleb Williams would have appeared to be, you know, as people keep saying, can't miss, can't miss. But the last two weeks, how much does a fortnight destroy a prospect like Caleb Williams? Is he still guaranteed the best quarterback in this class? And what's further to join that group of Elway, Andrew Locke, Trevor Lawrence, Peyton Manning, like, well, this guy's definitely going
2: to be a great NFL player. Well, I'll give you some insight into my process. I typically on quarterbacks will wait until I get as many games as possible. I prefer to have the entire season because what I do is, to keep me from having that confirmation bias of one game, because I did watch a Notre Dame game and it wasn't good, but I prefer to be able to watch it. Like if you had a bad game, it's washed away maybe by the next game. Or So I will watch – when I do Caleb Williams, I'm going to watch – it starts like this. I start with his interceptions. Then I go to his touchdowns. Hmm. Then I go to – it depends on the quarterback, but I will go to his deep ball accuracy. Right, So I line up all the deep balls. I watch the deep balls. Then I'll look at him, how he has a deep ball, but especially intermediate throws. I want to see, because those are pro throws. I want to see what you look like in intermediate throws. So I'll pull up the heat map, and I'll look at him, sideline throws, uh, in intermediate throws. I'll look at the uh, the, inner, the the inner the two inner throws between the numbers and the hash, and then between the hash is all five sections. So I'll watch that. Um, then I get to individual games where I want to see how he performs against certain games. So I'll go watch that Notre Dame game, you know, but I'm going to watch him in maybe a couple bad ones and a couple good ones where I'm watching. A lot of times I'll watch almost every throw, but I like to to fine-tune it down. I want to see what he's doing in the red zone. I want to see what he's doing in the fourth quarter, you know, and so it takes a while, but I feel like I get the most true vision of who that quarterback is as opposed to – watching games during the year because then we have confirmation bias and we get a negative filter that can cloud the way that we see future games. And so I never went into this saying that the Caleb, the Caleb Williams is some, you know, unbelievable next level prospect. I mean, he may be, but I, when I watched him throw to Jordan Addison last year, I didn't love what I saw. I thought Caleb looked good, mm. but not like he was a generational talent. Then I talked to somebody with a, a personnel director with an NFL team just two weeks ago, and he said, yeah, Caleb is the real deal. We were talking. Now, that's not going to change my own personal opinion once I watch him. If I think he is, then I'll write that he is. But right now, uh, you know, I I need to watch the tape to really get a feel for it. But there were some things in the Notre Dame game that I didn't love. And so uh, I feel like this class and looking at and watching these guys – it's a very deep class. And I think probably this year more than any year over since 2000, ironically since 2000, uh, what was it, 21, where we had all the quarterbacks that everyone thought was going to be this incredible class. Yeah. It's never. It hasn't really panned out. Uh, this is probably the deepest class since then with Riley Leonard, Quinn yours, Drake may, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, who I'm having to rework my bias against what I saw when he was at Auburn, you know, you got to kind of throw that out. He's a different quarterback now. Michael Penix from Indiana to Washington, different quarterbacks. Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. I actually like Jaden Daniels at Arizona State, and I still like him at LSU. But he's he's listed at 210. I mean, I'm just hoping he's 180. He looks hmm. so thin. I'm really curious what he stacks up, you know, what his size is going to be. Joe Milton and Jordan Travis, uh, Devin Leary from Kentucky, Sam Hartman from Notre Dame. This Sheesh. is. A, yeah, it's an unbelievable. Not Phil Jerkovic,
0: a, unfortunately, though. Right? No, and I haven't gotten a
2: Spencer Rattler, <laughs> and I haven't gotten a you know Cam Rising, who may come back. Yeah, right. Back to Utah again for his seventh year, and he may come out. So KJ Jefferson, Arkansas. This is unbelievably deep. That is wild. Now that you I list them
0: off, especially when at the yeah. top of it, you have guys that are considered to be like, uh, ah, you know, I, I don't. Yeah. I hate to say can't miss, but people are like that about Caleb
3: Williams no, and there's
2: May. So. There's, it's a really deep class. My question is how many of these guys are pro bowlers, you know, because ultimately you want to because those are the guys that make, the pro bowlers can help you get to high-end playoff stuff. The good quality starters can help you, can help right the ship, but eventually you get to a point where you want to take that next step and, and sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. It depends on what's built around them. I think your guy has a chance to be that. And Kenny Pickett has a chance to be that that next level of hey we can win uh, we can win plenty of games win divisions with Kenny Pickett but can he make enough plays to separate himself like Burrow can and like you know I'm not sure that hey I'm just I'm not sure that that Justin Herbert's that guy everyone just gives Justin Herbert they just well Justin's a guy. Just, he's just such to, a specimen, and you've watched him dominate, and make, consistently win, make consistently make difference, making plays in the fourth quarter, play better in the yeah. fourth.
0: It's weird, and right, he's another good one. Who's the flip of uh, the, the the opposite side of Kenny Pickett, who looks pedestrian for long stretches? Um, right. I, I I just the thing that in his last season at Pitt, suddenly early on in that season, his arm didn't suddenly become you know a top five in the league arm but suddenly he had he was making pro throws and he continues to make them to george pickens i mean when he's throwing those 20 yard um back shoulder throws at the at the sidelines to pickens i mean those are you know those are legit throws that i don't think every qb can put on the money and with the pace that he does right am i am i seeing that
2: right Right, and 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 that's something that's important. Being able to make certain throws really can separate you when it comes to being a high-end quarterback. But I also think that when you see Brock Purdy, one of the – you know, Brock Purdy's, he said this too. I've had 49ers come at me for my scatter report and like, oh, you, look at you, you didn't even watch any football. No, the problem was I did watch football, and that's why – and so did the NFL, which is why Brock Purdy was the last player picked. His tape stunk his junior and, and senior year. It was – He was good as a sophomore, but he never recaptured that magic. And he's even said as much that he did not have good tape. But what happens is, you know, and that's a favorable offense. We talked about that. But he has the intangibles where he throws with some accuracy. He throws with some timing. He doesn't get rattled. Those intangible things like all the physical elements that you talk about, that's what gets you drafted early. And, frankly, that's what can turn you into, you know, uh, an elite prospect and talent. But Pat Mahomes has a good arm. He has a he has a really plus arm, but it's not like he throws these rockets. You know these absolute stingers in there. Joe Burrow does not have a strong arm, but is an elite processor. Um, I think I think the competitive nature uh, and and clutch play of Jalen Hurts and his character is something. There's another intangible that really elevates him. Um, Lamar Jackson, physical specimen, we know. Josh Allen has all the physical tools, but Aaron Rodgers had great. Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback that I've ever seen of, of all the quarterbacks ever. Do you I know, know I said that. Talented.
0: You know how I know I'm a QB whisper? That's my chief piece of evidence, uh, yeah. lc yeah. I said in 2010, I said that guy's going to go down in history as the greatest quarterback of all time. People, Aaron Rodgers, like what he is. I'm like. Look at that guy. He is. They the won't greatest. call him that because of Brady, but he is easily he is the greatest most physical specimen I've ever seen. Now Mahomes never. has jumped him for me based on deed, but he had
2: it. He had it mentally. He could escape. He could throw on the run. He has arm talent like tight window throws. There's uh, never been anything like
0: this. I I mean, go back if you can dig them up. I don't know where they exist, but talking with, I've talked to. Uh, Ryan Clark, Ike Taylor, I think Brian McFadden was out there with him. The The secondary of the Steelers in Super Bowl forty five, And I was like, after, uh, you know, in the weeks and months after the game, I said, correct me if I'm wrong. Your reaction to some of those heaters that got by you in the middle of the field, you thought you had a beat on the ball and were going to pick it or at least knock it down. Um, and it got by you more quickly than you anticipated. And they're like, yeah, I'd never seen anything like it. Like in real time, Aaron Rodgers a decade plus ago was throwing yeah. heaters that pro pro you know Super Bowl participants were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa that was fantastic. Hey, But He didn't, but me. early
2: on in his career again, with the Green Bay, he didn't look great. Even when he had the time off, it kind of took him a little bit longer. And that's why you you can't rush this. And that's with two years sitting on the bench. The only way that you get better is playing football. It's you can mentally get better. But at some point, you have to get used to the speed of the game. But Aaron Rodgers was just like I had him as a top prospect in the 2005 draft when I was doing my own draft stuff, and I had him ahead of of Alex Smith. And I remember telling Charlie Cashley on the air about that. We had Charlie Cashley on our on our air on the radio show. I said I found the next great quarterback. He said, "Who's that?" And I said, "Maybe you'll even look at him if it doesn't get better with David Carr." Who's that? Aaron Rodgers. He's he didn't know who Aaron Rodgers was. And at that time, you know, I'm thinking GMs have to know. But then, you know, you get older, you realize, oh, uh, well, these guys are worried about their pro teams. They're not worried about all the college stuff as the as the season is going on. You gotta worry about the college stuff. But Aaron Rodgers talented and I thought his mental toughness at Cal, you could see it, but that mental toughness is what can define a quarterback or break them either. I, I, Well, that's what I don't like about what, I, I mean, like, I don't want to, you know, get up on Mount Pius
0: about it, but Hey, Caleb Williams, don't get seduced by a rando fan and start jawing with them. That's I, I right. love fire. I love, uh, you know, fist pumping from your QB. I love all of that stuff, but it's, it's a bad indication when you're doing the uh, lion doesn't care about a sheep my 12 and a half. I don't care. I'm above you. Weird message with some, with some rando, but by the way, you know how I know coaching matters is the, is Aaron Rodgers at Cal. That was Jeff Tedford, right? Who had yeah. him holding the ball up high, like that weird uh, Aaron Rodgers ball position when he would have it in the pocket. He would have yeah, right it up about high year. His ear. like that. Like, don't do that. And then it changes the QB entirely. That's a, those, it's those little thing. Well, he had to bring it. it down
2: to throw. He already had a quick release. So the idea that you're here, so you can get rid of it quickly. He can do it from down below. And it, yeah, it allowed. Him it to looks so dumb too. It just it looked to your eye when you're
0: watching him play at Cal. You're like, why does he hold the ball like that? That guy I'm um, okay. Enough of all this. We'll put a pin in Ken pick it for now, but a good chapter added there to, uh, to his progress as a QB. Come on. Hey, um, I love what I I, I really, it's, it, you know, a nails QB is better to me than a guy who I might write. Adre- John Elway, you know, yes, the cynic rightly points out, you know why he had so many great, uh, legendary, crazy comebacks is because he threw some terrible picks in the first three quarters. I'm not saying Kenny Pickett is John Elway, but the vibe is fun. Gunslingers <laughs> are fun to root for. And maybe that's what we have here. All right. L- last question. and I won't hold you long on this. Just quick reaction. Win, play, show. I was talking this with uh, about this with Jean Claude Van Damme on the ride yesterday. Kind of food, not a specific food, but an entire like uh, nationality of food, a, a genre of food, Italian food, um, you know, ba- barbecue, sushi, Chinese food. You know what uh, kinds of foods are win, yeah. play, show. And here's the standard: the one you say win, you can have any time you want for the rest of your life. The one you say place, you can have once every two weeks. The one you say is show, you can have once every two months. All the other foods gone from your life forever.
2: Oh, okay. When is Vietnamese food?
0: When is Vietnamese every day of your life? This
2: yeah, is a it, this is a gigantic upset.
0: This is yeah. Jets over Colts.
2: Yeah. So this is when, Nova over Georgetown, Vietnamese. Vietnamese, Over Italian? I've got pork. I've got chicken. I've got beef. I've got sandwiches. I've got salads. Sandwiches. I've got noodles. I've got uh, egg rolls. I've got... I can go in a lot of different directions with Vietnamese. Every There's, day. Okay. okay, yeah, I can go Give a lot of different directions. Give me the yeah. place. I couldn't do... Italian would be too heavy every day. You have... Listen, I know... What are you doing? It's light like with Italian. What are you doing?
0: It's going to be a problem for me, but I understand I'm, I'm sort of pigeonholing myself. Yeah. But what, but better way to go than Italian when I have my pizza and I have my ravioli and my lasagna and my, and my Parmesan and my Marsala. And I mean, that's enough. I don't need to keep going on. Yeah, you those got, will, those no, you will satiate to, me for the rest of my life. I'll be happy. I, I just, you know, I just think I can, Plus Vietnamese, a- go sushi, man. That's it you get. oh sushi, sushi's two,
2: sushi's two, sushi's okay. two.
0: You're gonna be very thin, LZ That's for sure. Uh-huh. You're gonna, you're <laughs> keeping
2: it nice and light. You're gonna, you're living a healthy lifestyle. And then like three, and then three. I think you go Italian. I, I could say Mexican food for me in my region is the same as Italian for you in your region. Well, you're typically your region. Are you? You're in LA now, right? Oh
0: yeah, twenty five you know, years. I'm more. I'm, I'm almost as Angelino as I am Pittsburgh at this. You don't point sound
2: right. like it. You sound Pittsburgh still. Thank you. Uh, no, I mean, look, Italian is not as big here. We just don't have great Italian restaurants here. Mm. But it is everywhere else. I understand that. But you can do so much with Italian. I mean, there's so many there's so many directions you can go. I could do the same thing with Mexican. It's the same concept of it's yeah, heavier. Right. You know, it's going to weigh you down. You're going to love the flavors. You're going to love the food. There is different. Types of of food and dishes you can have inside there. It's just so heavy. I just, i told people before, if I could have one dish for the rest of my life, I had to. I've said Vietnamese, so I'm just sticking with it here, Dave. I'm not going to overthink it. Okay.
3: It's a bold choice.
2: I'll say, I'll say, I'll say say Italian. It's close between, barbecue just gets too, there's limited, you're just limited. Barbecue's just so heavy. Well, you're only going to have
0: it once every two years. You might look forward to it when you're on, uh, Day six hundred of uh, the Vietnamese agro, <laughs> you might be like, "Oh my god, I can't wait for the beef ribs." And some of those beans, oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, listen, a bold choice, same as your yeah. uh, your show pick for best QB class was. I, I disagree with them, but I respect them, and I respect yeah. your opinions on Have QBs to. on all things pigskin, food, and beyond. He's one of the best in the biz, and when I talk about the biz, I'm talking sports media, but also always remember the most important game of all, the game of life. And that's what LZ is talking about. This spaghetti, I know I say this a lot. This is how I end a lot of interviews. This is one of my favorite conversations we've had in some time. Dynamite stuff from, like I say, one of the best in the business. Track him down on social media. You see him on the NFL. He gets you right for for the draft every springtime. Listen to him on the radio if you're lucky enough to in Houston, Texas or beyond. It's the great Lands line. Thanks for the time, pal. All right, thanks, Shaq. I appreciate it. And now a quick break. There he goes, Eddie Spaghetti, a dynamite turn. Does that put him in, in your opinion, your objective? You, you get a vote. Not well, you don't really get a vote, but you can get in my ear and tell me how I should vote for greatest uh, non-football playing guest. That was, I think, that was a really good hour
3: conversation. My favorite part, and I, and I, we've had a lot of draft analysts, uh, people who scout, you know, college football players on. Obviously, you mentioned Daniel Jeremiah. He's the, the one of the big ones. I'm probably forgetting a bunch. But I think that was the first time we've ever had somebody tell us their process, which I thought was very cool. Yeah, that was neat where he said he watches he watches interceptions first then he watches touchdowns then he watches he said like i believe fourth quarter and he watches the throws to the different sections of the field and he's not just watching um the games because like he said you get the confirmation bias like we've been talking that's been our theme the last two weeks is the the prisoner of the moment reaction um to you know what this guy caleb williams who was like a can't miss prospect people saying in the nfl people like executives in the nfl saying he'd go ahead of trevor lawrence go ahead of joe burrow and the like um so it was really cool to see lance's process of what he does when he evaluates all these players and not just quarterbacks.
0: Well, I can't wait to see if it matters come spring. Is Caleb Williams still going to be like, Oh, this guy can't miss. And people like us will be jerks being like, remember when he stunk though for those couple of weeks, even if he's right as rain, the rest of the way here. Uh, other question for you is coming off of that. I thought that was interesting that he still is given Russ a jacket. It feels to me like in the age of the quarterback in the 21st century here, every year, Hall of Fame, Borderline level QBs at least retire. You can't put the entire generation in there. It feels like Stafford gets Russ's gold jacket. Am I uh, seeing it the way you are?
3: That's a tough one. I mean, I, I Russ was a handoff away from having two Super Bowl victories, especially right, but as it is, they, the both Patriots, they, they both have won. one. But now they have one. Now, so. I think what's hurting. What's funny is like Russ had his Super Bowl victory early ish in his career, and then now the second half of his career with the Broncos has been miserable. Uh, whereas Stafford was kind of struggling early on with Detroit. Now he goes to LA and he's he's winning. They're a nice surprise this year. So I feel like right now it's probably trending probably more stafford but for lance to put the draft class with and i get what he's saying you know you have your kirk cousins in there too and, and andrew luck but like to omit the uh eli big ben philip rivers philip rivers is, is the is the probably the best candidate for the hall of fame that has never won a super bowl and then you have four you have five super bowl appearances four super bowl victories uh among big Ben and eli it's kind of hard to not include them they they were a large part of the story outside of Peyton and Tom Brady for this last what 20 years or so of the NFL's book uh maybe Drew Brees but it's like to not have them in it uh while you're projecting ahead for these other guys is probably something I wouldn't do but again Lance is the scout Lance knows a lot more than I do but I thought that was uh, pretty interesting
0: how often I agree with you obviously but how you know it really is something you know the people who argue with me that QB wins aren't a thing I mean, look at, do you feel just, just, just uh, put your finger up in the air. That sounded dirty or something, but no, you know what I mean? Like get, get a sense of uh, where the wind's blowing here over the last three to five years, who has fallen off in your sense of pro football in you know who's relevant and who's who's an icon i know eli is on tv and all of that but doesn't eli and those or those super bowl victories over tom brady make him feel more relevant obviously roethlisberger is i you know i don't think many people want to argue with me about who's the best of that trio at this point i think it's roethlisberger pretty clear cut but rivers is like he's kind of falling through the cracks already a little bit i mean we think he's funny and all that but He doesn't you don't hold him up as one of the great quarterbacks. And why is why would that be other than the fact that he didn't play in a Super Bowl? It's pretty obvious. Let's not overthink this. All right. I'd like to get your answer on the food question, Spaghetti. I think it's a good one. I have to think about it a little bit to give a final answer. I don't want to be cavalier about something like that. So in the meantime, we'll say thank you once again to Lance Zerline. Make sure you track him down on the NFL and beyond. And we'll be back on Thursday with kevin hench of course to break it all down for you we definitely have some stuff ready to roll for you with this week's goat and goats and we'll give you our best bets and uh in the meantime well and then of course we'll have the uh, 15 minute pregame show for you at the end of the week and in the meantime eddie spaghetti and jen piacenti are coming at you with waiver wired make sure you're checking out all the great content on the extra points network extra points with sarah tiana coming at you on wednesday and until then thanks so much sports fans it's been a thin slice of heaven